The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Store and their big Cyber Monday sale. That is today, if you're counting. Of course, if you're listening on Tuesday, you missed it. But that's okay. You still have a chance to if you do it right now. Cyber Cyber Monday sale. 20% off of everything in the store for one day only. That is today, this Monday, using the code CYBER at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it, yeah. Welcome in, everybody. It is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He, as always, is Ryan McIntyre. I am Rod Gomez. It is Monday. We had a fantastic slate of football, not just on Sunday, but, of course, on Thursday as well as we began the week giving thanks for four or three, rather, um, very entertaining Games, Ryan, I don't think we were very much bored at all uh, unless you were in a turkey coma uh, for the games on Thursday. But first and foremost, my friend, happy Thanksgiving weekend as we wind it down. How was your your day of thanks? Mine was great, Rod. Uh, Appreciate it. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well with you and your family. This is actually my favorite holiday of the year because you got the NFL going on. You got college hoops going on, college football. So just say I, I I view it as the main sports holiday because of how much action is going in. And then obviously the holiday is on a Thursday, but it basically starts on Wednesday evening and goes all the way through the weekend. So, yeah, no, I love Thanksgiving. Very thankful for uh, everybody at SGPN, family. So great holiday for me. Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic, obviously. Uh, Like I said, tons of great football to enjoy. I had too much food, debated on whether or not I wanted to steal some of my cousin's turkey to take it home with me, Uh, decided against it, although I probably should have because they had so much more. Uh, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to leave it for you. You guys have plenty uh, for it, but I I just wanted to grab every bit of turkey that was left over and run it home for me for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. I mean, you got football going on in the background, and then all you're doing is eating. Who, who, who doesn't? Who wouldn't sign up for that holiday right there? Eat as much as you can, have a couple beverages, and then uh, watch the football. Kick the feet up, uh, take a load off. Absolutely. Again, it's it's the it's the most wonderful time of the year. Wait, no, that's Christmas. Never mind. Uh, but it, it's still a pretty <laughs> damn good time of the year. So again, if you are new to the show, Mondays we break down the week of action that was uh, week twelve in the NFL. And, uh, and kind of break down some of the betting aspects of it. And then, of course, we look ahead to week 14. As anybody can look a week ahead, we give you two weeks ahead to try to get you ahead of the game and betting-wise. Ryan, should we dive right into this then? All right, let's do that. Uh, all right, so we begin. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> let's do it. We begin in as the Buffalo Bills took on the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions gave the Bills Everything they could handle and more. Bills escaped this game 28 to 25. The Bills, though, were nine and a half point favorites in this game. That did not come to pass as Detroit covers. Uh, and does it, uh, Ryan, I don't want to say impressively, but I was a little bit impressed with what happened here. Yeah, no, I mean, Detroit, uh, winners of three in a row going into the game, tried to make it four. And they gave Buffalo everything you, they could handle. You mentioned it came right down to the wire where Buffalo had to kick a field goal at the horn to get out of there alive. But Detroit's uh, kind of becoming that team that we envisioned going into the year where they were going to be feisty as an underdog, really tough at home under Dan Campbell as well. So, I mean, they for them to stay in there, right, go toe-to-toe with Buffalo, I guess that just an or- another moral victory for Detroit and 
I'm sure they don't want to hear that, but they're playing good football right now. Yeah, and really, here's the thing about it, too, is that Detroit, now they're 4-7, and seven, Buffalo's 8-3. and three. My, my power rankings may reflect the fact that Detroit played Buffalo a lot closer than needed to be. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it's just a matter of are we seeing the best Buffalo that we can see, and is this team going to compete down the road with the Kansas City Chiefs? And, and even if they make it into the Super Bowl, can they compete with maybe a Philly or, or you know, even a San Francisco if they're heading the way they're heading? Um, what, what are we in for, you know? Yeah, I, I think the encouraging thing for Buffalo is uh, they establish a little bit of a running game outside of Josh Allen. Uh, Devin Singletary goes 14 carries for 72 yards, which is a sign of life in their running game that they haven't had. Diggs had a big day per usual, 15 targets, eight catches, uh, 77 yards, and Isaiah McKenzie was big as well through the air. But uh, the main guy, it, it continues to be the Josh Allen show, 250 through the air, and then adds in 80 yards on the ground as well. They... Uh, as, as for what you said earlier about can they give Kansas City a run, they've already beaten Kansas City in Kansas City, but they're not playing well enough to beat Kansas City right now, if that makes sense. No, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, they did it once, but yeah. can they do it again? That's what I'm saying. Can they keep pace with them at this point? Because now Kansas City, yeah. they started off slowly, and now they're now they're picking things up, whereas Buffalo you know, may have started out a little bit hot. And, and yeah, they're 8-3, and three, but they're cooling off because their games are getting a lot closer than Buffalo fans would like for them to happen. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, looking at just, for example, from a betting standpoint, Buffalo is currently on the year 4-6-1 uh, and one ATS versus Kansas City, who's been rolling as of late. So uh, sometimes that ATS uh, is an indicator of if you're playing good football or not and covering the number, doing what you're supposed to. So Buffalo's sliding a little bit as of late. Indeed. Uh, the over-under on this one was 54, 54 and a half. Didn't quite get there. Actually, it was very, very close, but it did not quite. I mean, no, yeah, it didn't quite get there, right? 28, nail 20. Biter. Yeah, nail-biter. 53 was the final to- point total in that one. So uh, if you were betting the over and you were hoping for, uh, you know, Buffalo to just come out and, and lay wood, uh, they did not, and they came up short on the over, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, over-betters. You just didn't get there. Uh, but again, like I said, Buffalo did not cover their spread, and uh, and really, you know, this is this is what we're up against now. You got to think about it. How met, how high are we going to see these spreads coming forward for Buffalo? This should have been one where they covered and then some, uh, but they did not. So, uh, all right, let's move our attention to the Thursday afternoon game where it was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, basically holding serve at home against a very feisty New York Giants team. The Giants, get this, were 11.5 point or 10 point underdogs, depending on where you got your lines. But it was a Giants cover in this uh, just craziness, craziness. And now you wonder, as the Giants fall to 7-4, and four, Dallas improves to 8-3, and three, what is this NFC East going to be? Uh, going forward, really, I think that we saw a very, again, a very feisty, feisty New York team, but Dak Prescott doing just enough to get there. 21 of 30, 261, two touchdowns. He did have two interceptions on the game, which was tough. Feed Zeke is is the theme, uh, obviously, and, and he got fed. 16 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. But I think the day belonged to CeeDee Lamb, Ryan. I think he looked so impressive in this game, it was just crazy. Yeah, no, uh, for I think for Dallas, um, these two teams entered with the same record, but I think these two teams are on different levels. Some regression has started coming in for uh, these New York football giants, losers of two in a row, and they got a big date with uh, my Washington Commandos next week. So looking forward to previewing that one to uh, playoff contenders. So I think the Giants have kind of hit a wall a little bit. They kind of overperformed in the first half of the year. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, they're still at seven and four. They're still in. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at the chat right now with Jay Mark. Uh, he said uh, he he said Ryan was tired of you talking about the Cowboys, so he just got up and left the chat. So yeah, <laughs> fuck the Cowboys. Uh, but yeah, no, the Cowboys they did what they had to do. They're uh, eight and three. I think they're the clear cut second team in this division, and they could push Philly coming down the stretch. As for the Giants, I think them and Washington battle it out coming uh, down the stretch for that six and seven seed in the NFC. 
it's it's going to be crazy because again, I know that our our company motto is obviously we love the Giants because our boss loved the Giants. Uh, but are they again? That's what I'm saying. Like this NFC East, they looked so good to start, and now they're just falling off. So uh, obviously, we know that Saquon can't necessarily put the entire team on his back. Eleven carries, thirty nine yards. He did get a touchdown. Um, but uh, just a frustrating day overall. Daniel Jones, 21-35, 228 and a touchdown. Just not stuff you want to see. Darius Slayton was the leading receiver. He had three catches, 63 yards. Um, you're not going to win a lot of ball games with that. No, I agree. And uh, for Dallas, I mean, going forward, they uh, they moved to 8-3, and three, obviously. And on deck, they, uh, they have the Colts and Texans and Jaguars. So a little bit of a soft spot in their schedule before they take on the Eagles um, for the second time. So... I, if Dallas, they need Philly to drop another game to set up that Christmas Eve game that could be for the NFC East in the end. So because Philly did drop another division or drop a division game to Washington. So it opened up the door for Dallas in terms of tiebreaker scenarios. Like I said, it's just going to be very interesting uh, now coming up and especially with and we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, those Washington commanders making a nice little charge up the up the rankings. So. What do they have in store for any of these teams? And do they have anything in store for these teams, honestly? Yeah, no, and uh, I think they should be uh, potentially debuting in our power rankings this week. So <laughs> but we'll touch on that uh, in a couple days. Oh, man, that's going to be interesting. I'd love to see the pushback we get on that. Uh, for, for, yeah, I, I may sneak peek. I may be biased, but I may be putting them in my power ranking. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on as we go to the nightcap of the Thanksgiving Day. Probably one of the more exciting games of the entire... I mean, look, they were all exciting. They were all close, obviously. Uh, all of them had something for us. But uh, I think we ended the night correctly with New England taking on Minnesota them feisty Vikings, I'm using that word quite a bit, but I feel like that was the word of the day. Winning 33-26, to holding off the New England Patriots, who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, so obviously Minnesota covers in this one. Uh, but this was uh, a game that was highlighted by several good plays. But look, it all boils down to Justin Jefferson being unreal. Nine catches on 11 targets, 139 yards, and a touchdown. It just... You couldn't stop 18 at all on Thanksgiving night. He wanted to go home and eat big, and he ate big on the field. Yeah, no, he wanted to eat big, and he did eat big. Uh, yeah, no, feisty is the right word this time of year, especially Thanksgiving weekend. Vikings bounced back big way after that uh, complete embarrassing loss to Dallas the week before where they got clobbered. Um, tough loss for New England, I think, Uh Dropping a six and five, kind of right there in the thick of things in the AFC. They it would have been nice to get this one because they got Buffalo on deck. Ugh, yeah, and and honestly, the the AFC East is such a a crazy crazy ride and thrill ride. Now, New England at six and five, Minnesota obviously at nine and two, but New England at six and five. I mean, they're probably going to hit their their over on their win total for the year, which I think was nine, um, nine if not ten. I, I think they'll get there, but. Well, I got to tell you, it's it's not going to be easy for them. And Mac Jones, okay, okay, Mac Jones, uh, 28-39, 382, and two touchdowns. Where was that guy all season? Yeah, no, finally uh, we got the Mac show on Thanksgiving. Maybe he won a little bit of the action of Thanksgiving. And that's why I think for New England it was kind of a gut punch that they lost this game because this was Mac Jones' best game so far this season. Um, they, they didn't run the ball that well for New England standards with Stevenson only going for – 36 yards. Uh, New England's got to be a more balanced attack, especially with Buffalo on deck. And then for Minnesota, 9-2. and two. I mean, they're right back in the thick of things for that one team in the NFC. I had a prop uh, that Dalvin Cook and Ramondre Stevenson, it was like combined for 130-some-odd total yards. That was the prop. And I chose the over on that one. Dalvin Cook, 22 of 42? 22 carries. Dalvin Cook, 42 yards. Eh. Like, I don't even understand why, and they continue to win like that. It's it's just crazy. I know Justin Jefferson is the is the X factor, I suppose, huh? Well, hey, Rod, when you have one of those props, too, it's really frustrating because Dalvin Cook got the workload that you projected. He just 
he didn't get the production. I mean, 1.9 yards of carry. Nobody thinks he's going to have 1.9 yards of carry. I know New England's got a really, really good run defense and one of the better defenses in football, but you still expect a, a good running back like Dalvin Cook. He gets 22 carries. He's at least going to get over 60, close to 70 yards. You would think. Well, okay, she would think. Yeah. I would definitely think for that. But, yeah, I mean, it yeah. didn't happen. Obviously, it was just a, a big passing day. They wanted to show off their arms, both of those quarterbacks. Uh, so, all right, but here's the thing. This over-under, 42-and-a-half, crushed it. There was no doubt. Smash. No doubt. I mean, look, and I don't even know why it was that like it. I, I understand that New England was obviously, you know, basically a, a, um, the probably the, the loose end or the, the, the weak end of this and maybe not have been able to, to pull their end of it. But Minnesota, we've seen them put up points this season. So I don't know why 42-and-a-half was the number, but. If you bet the over, congrats to you for crushing that one. No doubt. So, uh, all right, let's move over to Sunday. Let's begin our Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> Ryan, this was my lock, man. This was supposed to be a lock. Three and a half point favorites, four and a half, or depending on where you were getting your number from. Uh, but Baltimore could not stop, dare I say it again, the feisty Jacksonville Jaguars losing by a point, 28 to 27. Obviously, Jacksonville covers their end of the spread. But, uh, I mean, it's raining in Baltimore, Ryan. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to pat my back a little bit here because this was my dog on the graphic that we put out every single week. J. Mark and I touched on it in the preview show that that line stunk. I mean, for the Ravens only to be laying three and a half, it was kind of a... Uh, kind of telling you this is going to be a ball game and Baltimore just blew this game. I mean, questionable call on the touchdown. I thought on the end, I, I don't know if he got in or not. Uh, could have went either way, but I mean, th this is a game where Baltimore you're in the class elite class of the AFC. You, you need to pound Jacksonville on the road. It's getting late in the year. Lamar, uh, okay. Through the air, uh, kind of in inconsistent 16 to 32 for two fifty. but this was Trevor Lawrence's maybe best game of his career. In my opinion, Finishes the day 30 of 37 for 320 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Whatever they ate or whatever they did out on the bye week, they needed to do that going forward because the Jaguars look good on Sunday. They really did. And, you know, no surprise that Lamar Jackson is the leading rusher in this game for the Ravens, 18 or 14 rather of 89. Uh, but, you know, you can't, you cannot sustain that type of production from your court. You can't have. Jalen Hurts every single week, running for 6 million yards and passing for as many. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, if the Ravens want to win, they've got to get more going on the ground than Lamar Jackson. No doubt. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's another thing. That, like, when Lamar runs as much as he does, it wears him down coming down the stretch. We saw it last year where he misses the final five, six games. And hopefully he's not hitting the same wall that he hit last year with the injuries. Maybe he's a little banged up. But uh, Baltimore's been playing a lot of – they've been playing inconsistent football the entire year. We've seen them blow, what, four double-digit leads now so far this year. And that's the difference between them being potentially the three or four seed and the one seed, which if they close out those games, they could have home field. So how much confidence does this give the Jaguars going forward? And, I mean, does this reflect our future betting or is this a flash in the pan? I mean, Jamichael Hasty. 12 carries, 28 yards. It's not a great running game there for, for the Jaguars either. So, yeah, I mean, what what are we even doing at this point? See, I've been uh, kind of high on the Jags for the most part this year. I think they have the talent. They're just very young. They went through a tough patch where they lost five in a row, but it was all by one-score games, and maybe they're going to be on the right side of these going forward. Uh, they got Detroit coming up, so we got a little uh, Jacksonville-Detroit action. I know we love to preview those kind of games over at SGPN, but... Uh, there are a couple big games back at Tennessee in the division. They probably won't catch them, but they do have two meetings with Tennessee coming down the stretch. So maybe this is a situation where Jacksonville starts building a couple of victories and it propels them into something next season, if that makes sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense again. And I mean, they're really not in the, in the mix for the first overall pick anymore, unless Houston goes on a tear and starts winning games. But oh, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll definitely get there, but yeah, Jacksonville, they actually won't be the first, pick in the draft I don't think uh going into next season for the first time in god knows how long so it's got to feel good for them uh over under on this was 43 obviously that went well over this projected total and again I can see why both that was that low 
obviously both teams can grind it out and and have low scoring games, but um, not this time, not this time. So Jacksonville wins 28-27. That leads us into the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, hmm. I, I don't even know what to do anymore. If you're the Denver Broncos, you pack it in and maybe hope that Houston wins a couple more games and set you up for a better draft pick because now they are three and eight on the wrong side of history with Russell Wilson, Carolina now four and eight and live in life. They were a point underdogs heading into this and they covered. So Ryan, what are we thinking? Well, Rod, they don't have their first round pick. Seattle has it because they traded for Russell Wilson. That's right. So they're, they're fucked. I mean, that's (laughs) that's the way of saying it. I mean, these Broncos, well, I, I don't even know what to, how to describe them anymore. I feel like we say the same thing every week. Hey, man, they can't score offensively, even though they traded and paid for a quarterback in Russell Wilson. You got defend, defensive players screaming at Russell Wilson now that are tired of it. I mean, this is another stat line where they don't score 18 points. Everybody heard the stat going into the week where the Denver Broncos would be 9-1 and one if they just scored 18 points every single week. And that's just a reflection of Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I can't imagine Nathaniel Hackett keeping his job after this year. It, I'm even surprised he still has it today um, with, how, with how they laid an egg in Carolina. I guess the Sam Darnold magic's back. Well, it had, something had to be back, I suppose. But Sam Darnold, like yeah. when you're resting the rest of your hopes on Sam Darnold, 11-19, 164, and a touchdown, and you're happy? <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. going to last. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe the... The Broncos need Sam Darnold. They need <laughs> they need anything but Russell Wilson right now. Oh my god! Just bad, bad, bad vibes in Denver. Uh, this seems just not bad. It's dysfunctional. So I, I'm going to keep fading the Broncos going forward. I don't think this team is any good. I don't think they're going to fix it even with a month left. So I'll keep fading them. Yeah, I mean Russell Wilson. We talked about it. 1942 and a touchdown. It's just not not good at all. Cortland Sutton leading the receivers. Six catches, 75 yards. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just not good. Latavius Murray, actually not bad. 13 carries, 92 yards. Didn't find the end zone. Probably one of the bright spots in that that Broncos offense for the game. But, yeah, over-under on this one, 36. Nowhere near. So, well, uh, nowhere near. It's three points off, but still. Um, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Under 36. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so bad. So bad. Uh, all right. Neither one of these teams, I I would feel good about anything unless they were going up against each other. Then I would bet on Carolina. But other than that, there's no takeaways from this, Ryan. There's just none. Yeah, other than just Denver continue to fade them. Uh, Carolina, I mean, you know what I will say, Rod? Carolina is only one back of Tampa Bay in the NFC South. I can't. I mean, you can see me now. You guys can see. I'm banging my head. How this is what Tom Brady came back for. We're we're gonna get there, but this is what Tom Brady came back for. It's just yeah, to, bat, to battle out the Panthers for the NFC South. Mm, God bless it. <laughs> who, uh, who who actually who actually drilled the Buccaneers a couple weeks back? Remember that? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah. Can you can you just ima- yeah. imagine a world, Ryan, where yeah. now we are in the in the NFC South talking about. The pat or the the Packers, the the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady not being dominant. Just, just oh saying. yeah, not even close to dominant, no doubt. Uh, all right, I'm getting to you now. It is Victory Monday, my friend. You are a happy man because your Washington Commanders uh, held on for a 19-13 win over the scrappy Atlanta Falcons, uh, thereby holding up their end of the three and a half point point spread. Uh, so again, Washington remains on a roll, and now two games above 500, looking every bit as good as all the rest of the teams in the league. And dare we say it, it is just the Commanders' world, and most folks are just living in it now. Yeah, I and I've I've locked them up like three straight weeks, and they keep hitting for me. So a little homer picks, but uh, they're cashing right now. Washington has won six out of seven with Heineke. The magic is real. The defense is playing well. Big turnover down the stretch. And with Seattle losing to Vegas on Sunday, Washington is in sole possession of the seventh seed headed into the month of December with a huge game uh, Sunday at the Meadowlands against the G-Men. 
I don't know what their odds were to make the playoffs this year, but I hope you bet them because it's just a matter of time before they get there. I'll do one better. They were twelve to one to make the playoffs when they started one and four. Oh, that's even so. Yeah, there you go. And I'm yeah. sure you jumped on yeah. those, right? Oh yeah, no no bias or anything. But yeah, I said, <laughs> hey man, it's Heineke, Heineke time. Maybe the magic comes back. So I'm a happy man right now uh, with my Washington guys. They're they're playing good football. Continue to run the ball. Defense is good. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta was ready to go. Actually, this was a game I feared going into the week just because. We've seen Atlanta. They've been a feisty underdog throughout this year. We've been we've been touching on that since week number one. So uh, glad that they found a way to get out of there with the victory and uh, move on to uh, the NFC East gauntlet. I guess you would say because this NFC East is loaded: Philly ten and one, Dallas eight and three, Giants seven and four, and now Washington seven and five. Best division in football. The NFC lease is no longer NFC beast time. Yeah, and they're really starting to show their claws. So I, I, I'm yeah. loving what I'm seeing so far. It's been fun to watch the Commanders do well, and it's been fun to watch Brian Robinson run another 100-yard game for him. Uh, you know, we're in for a treat. McLaurin, actually, a quiet day. Four catches, 48 yards for him. Uh, but like you said, it was good defense. It was good running the ball. And a timely interception uh, by the defense on Marcus Mariota to, uh, to seal the deal. And I will say to cash one of uh, Moonoff's props from the prop cast, who he did predict a Marcus Mariota interception. So props to Moonoff for hitting his prop cast bet as well. One of them. One of the many. Well, one of about a thousand on the weekend. Yeah. Hey, Moonoff the machine. Shout out. Moonoff the machine. Um, all right. Anything else you, you have on this before we uh, wrap up that game? Uh, Over under was 40 on this one. Didn't quite get there, um, but still an entertaining game nonetheless. No, just glad that my team's in the playoff race going into December. What what else could you ask for? Happy Thanksgiving, baby. (laughs) The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, All right, let's step away for a quick break. And when we get back, we will continue breaking down the rest of the slate for you. But before we do, let me ask you, you ready to win money and boost your odds? I don't even have to ask. I know the answer to that. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. You looking to get involved in same-game parlays? Yeah, you are. WinBet is your home with their WinBet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Get great odds, great promos, great payouts, all happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Yeah, you are. Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet. Offer subject to change terms, conditions, winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state playthrough. WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We are having our Cyber Monday sale. Head over to the merch store right now for 20% off of everything in the entire inventory of the merch store. Use the promo code CYBER. Head over right now to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. One day only on this sale. Use promo code CYBER for 20% off of all of your favorite SGPN merch, just like the SGPN hat that you see Ryan wearing right there. You can grab your own or an NFL Gambling Podcast coffee mug or any number of amazing, amazing purchases in that store. 20% off right now. Use that promo code CYBER at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's a snazzy, snazzy hat, my friend. I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I got a couple of these. So, yeah, everybody go check out the merch store, especially with Cyber Monday, baby. Indeed. Go get you one the of those. The holidays are here. Big sweaters, too. I love the Let It Ride sweater. You got to get one of those. No doubt. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFC South again as we talk about those uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, uh, I don't know, man. When you go home at night, and you think about what your life decisions are, um, I'm, I'm sure that there's a guy right now that is doing that in his own bed as he lays there alone thinking about a 23-17 to 17 loss to 
the 4-7 and seven Cleveland Browns and Jacoby Brissett's last stand. Ah, man, Ryan, this was a tough one for the Bucks. Yes, it was, and uh, this is uh, was the farewell tour, I guess, or farewell game for Jacoby Brissett because Deshaun Watson comes back this week. Uh, I know everybody's been anxiously anticipating his return. Cleveland got back to their bread and butter, though, running the ball with Nick Chubb, 26 carries, 116 yards on the ground for a touchdown, and the trend continues with Tampa Bay. What is wrong with the Bucs? They're 3-7-1 and seven, one ATS this year, 5-6 uh, and six overall, and that they may make the playoffs by default because the NFC South is horrible, but they're not a good football team. And they can't run the ball. doesn't matter who they're giving the ball to right now. They can't run the Correct. ball. Rashad yeah. White, 14 carries, 64 yards. Not a bad stat line for a lot of you know normal running backs, I guess, but if that's it, if that's all you've got, then it's just not much because even Tom Brady didn't add much to the mix. 246, two touchdowns, 29 uh, uh, completions, but... I don't know, man. Chris Godwin, hero of the day for them. 12 catches, 110 yards, but still not something you want to see every day. He did get in the end zone. Fine. But where's Mike Evans? Where's Julio Jones? Like, where is everybody? Good question, because I think they were still in the bye week. They were coming off the bye week, maybe a little hungover from Thanksgiving. Turk had too much turkey. Uh, sluggish, sluggish uh, performance for the Buccaneers. And like, like I said, I mean, they may get in, but they're not going anywhere. I think, I mean, they got New Orleans coming up next. Uh, they're going to struggle with New Orleans, I think, because New Orleans always has their number. That game, I believe, is on Monday Night Football, so looking forward to that one. And uh, they need to win that game if they want to win this division. Well, again, when Deshaun Watson comes back next week, he will have Amari Cooper. Will Amari Cooper have another good day? He had seven catches, 94 yards. For the Browns, a big drop, though. Boy, but that drop was, uh, I mean, it didn't obviously affect the outcome of the game, but that's a big one that he should have had for sure. Yeah, no, huge drop. And uh, Tampa Bay just finds ways to lose nowadays. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of what they've been. And everybody thought they got right after Germany, but clearly not. I mean, losing to a Browns team that has struggled all year, to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're four and seven record. Well, they were three and seven when they were going into it. That that definitely proved it. Um, and then what the graphic that was that they didn't they they had lost every single game that they scored first in. So thankfully they broke that trend. But could you imagine scoring first, scoring a touchdown first, and losing in all those games, and then scoring first again and thinking, oh my god, and then finally able to come back and break that. But yeah, it was close for the for the Browns. They almost didn't win. Yeah, no, it's a uh, classic Browns. Classic Browns. Over-under on this one was 42. Did not get there, obviously. Uh, oh, so close. A couple more points either way. Maybe maybe Cooper catches that pass for a touchdown uh, and runs it in for a touchdown. You're, we're talking something different, but did not happen. Uh, Cleveland, three-and-a-half-point underdogs covered that spread for them. Uh, all right, let's move on because I'm done talking about Tampa. Literally done. I can't, I can't even talk about them anymore. It's just not fun. I'm with you. Yeah. So let's let's turn our attention to the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Cincinnati coming out twenty to sixteen uh, winners on this game, and of course this was like a half a point. Literally, Tennessee was a half a point underdog by the time this thing closed. It opened at about one and a half, a close spread the entire time. But Cincinnati does hang on to beat the Tennessee Titans, who again we talked about have been a really good team down the stretch. But the Bengals just found a way to make it happen and to win that game, but they almost didn't. Ryan almost did not win this game. Uh, the Bengals are quietly maybe one of the better teams in football that nobody's talking about right now. This is a hell of a win going to Tennessee, a team that always plays the cream of the crop really well. Uh, we know variable stats is when he's playing as an underdog. So this is like his time that he gets the troops up and they pull off upsets. I mean, I guess it was only half a point, but still, he gets them up for these bigger games, the Kansas Cities, the Buffaloes, Derrick Henry. I mean, they shut down Derrick Henry, 17 carries for 38 yards only, and Joe Burrow's a bad man. Uh, gets it done, 270 through the air to touchdown. Hell of a win for the Bengals. If you're a Bengals fan, you're uh, feeling pretty optimistic headed into December in that AFC North race. You know what's crazy is that that is, of course, the the recipe for success to beat the Tennessee Titans, right? And that's stop Derrick Henry. Yeah. It sounds so simple on paper. It sounds so simple for me and you to sit here and say, well, all you got to do is stop no Derrick Henry, right? But 
the practice of it, not so much. Yeah, it's easier said than done until that 240-pound monster is headed right at you, and it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, I got to tackle this guy. Uh, he's an animal. He's a beast. Uh, so, yeah, no, but good job well done by the Bengals. Uh, got out, and then they got a showdown coming up uh, this Sunday against Kansas City, so I'm looking forward to previewing that one uh, later in the week. I'd be like you telling me, go stop that bus, Rod. Go ahead and just stand out in the traffic mm-hmm. and just put your hand out and say, stop. Uh, that's not... It's not going to happen. So. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, but going forward, obviously, Joe Burrow is looking right. 270 and a touchdown. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan in for Joe Mixon. Had himself a touchdown, 58 yards. Not not the like gigantic fantasy day that fantasy managers were hoping for as far as everybody was touting that he was going to have this gigantic day. Not a bad day, just not necessarily the best uh, day out there. T. Higgins. Seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Good day for him. So, yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati's okay. They're going to be okay going forward. And then when they get Jamar Chase back, they'll be even better, honestly. No, no doubt. Uh, Looking forward to seeing how this AFC North shakes out going down the stretch. It's going to be a fun division race between them and the Ravens. Indeed. Uh, All right, let's move our attention to the Houston Texans. Uh, 1-9-1 now as they just... <laughs> trounced. They got trounced by the Dolphins. There's no other way to say this. It was 30 to 15, uh, losing by 15 points. Could not even cover the 14 and a half. Two touchdowns. They couldn't cover it. Uh, so obviously, if you were in Miami, minus 14 better. You are absolutely thrilled about that. But crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, anybody watching on YouTube just sees me shaking my hand, my head right now, just talk thinking about these Houston Texans. They're a bad football team. I mean, he or Miami wins thirty to fifteen, and they didn't score a point in the whole second half. Uh, they dominated the first half, thirty to nothing, and then just kind of was in cruise control, almost like they didn't want to run up the score on uh, Lovey and Houston. So kind of went through the motions. Miami looks good, man. Uh, it's going to be interesting though. For them, uh, when we were pre- J. Mark and I were previewing the AFC East coming into the year, we said there's a stretch on their schedule that is pivotal, and it starts next week at your San Francisco 49ers. So, a Mike McDaniel return game to to return to daddy is Kyle Shanahan, where he once worked, and after that, you got to go to the Chargers, and then you end that trip at Buffalo. I mean that. I don't know what they did to the schedule makers, but that's brutal at San Fran at LA and at Buffalo. If they get out of this, they're right there to get uh win the AFCs. I will give them two out of those three. That's all I'm saying. Like next yeah. week. I, I think at best. Yeah. Next week. I'm not giving yeah. it to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means you're giving them Buffalo. And I, I mean, I, that, that's what I kind of see. I don't think they're going to beat San Fran and I don't think they're, uh, I think they might beat the Chargers, and then I think they'll lose at Buffalo because the narrative is still out there that two is not good in the cold. They've they've lit it up in these warm weather games where they got they can get the receivers in space. So we'll see what happens uh, when they got to play a couple games in the cold. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your Niners, uh, Shanahan and McDaniel on Sunday hooking up. Yeah, that's going to be a fun fun game. I mean, all these Niners games have been fun. Even the thirteen nothing game that we saw last. Or well, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, even that one was fun. Had a lot of great stuff in it. Um, All right, we'll put a bow on this because, obviously, if I want to oversimplify it, Miami good, Houston bad. It's just that's the way it's going to end up being for a while. Over-under on this one was 47. I mean, Miami was probably the only way that that could have gotten there, and we were two points shy of that. Hey, I will say, if there's a game to get on the Houston Texans, next week's the week. They play the Cleveland Browns coming back to Houston the return game of Deshaun Watson, his first game. I think this. I think they're going to pull the upset. I think that's. I think this is the only game that they win the rest of the year. So that's my bold take headed into next week. Uh, I mean, that's probably that going one's to for be- you, Moonoff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably talk about that on the podcast too, coming up as well. Uh, that's no going to be a fun game to watch too. Mark that one on your calendar. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Justin. I see you're in the chat, my friend. You might want to earmuff this one because we're moving on to the uh, New York Jets, New York, New Jersey Jets. <sighs> Mike White, it's Mike White time in New York as they beat the Bears 31-10. to 
Jets now seven and four. Chicago three and nine. Uh, Chicago, I mean, the Jets came in as eight and a half point underdogs, obviously clearly uh, winning by three touchdowns and covering that spread. Over under was 36 and a half. We definitely got there as well. But the big story, Mr. Zachary Wilson is out. Mike White, big in 315 uh, yards, three touchdowns, 22 completions. A QB rating, Ryan, if get this, 149.3, leading Jets fans to ask, where the hell was this all season? Yeah, no, the White Show goes on in uh, uh, New York. I mean, they look good. Uh, Mike White showed flashes last year as well. I for Chicago, man. I mean, they're three and nine. I I I don't know if they should bring back Justin Fields this year. I think we're saying. I mean, Jay Mark in the chat say. You won't say anything I didn't say on Sunday, so yeah, so yeah, I'm sure his was R-rated. Ours will be PG. We'll say we'll be politically correct and talk about the Bears. They've shown flashes this year, but they just don't have the manpower. They they traded for Claypool at the deadline. I think better days are ahead for the Chicago Bears under Eberflus. So I think um, I don't know if I'd bring back Fields this year. Maybe. Not tank, but like just see what you got with the rest of your talent. And if you do happen to lose the rest of your game, it's not the end of the world. Um, add another piece in the draft, but offensive line help, cough, cough. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think the Bears, uh, I think uh, they're kind of in fade mode going forward. Well, and honestly, nobody knew who was going to be at quarterback for the Bears because there was word that Fields may have started. Then they were like Trevor Simeon, and then they were like, no, not Trevor Simeon. Oh, wait, Trevor Simeon is back on the field. That was a chaotic day or for them as well. 14 of 25 for Simeon, who did start 179 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But, um, yeah, this Bears team, man, what once started as a very hopeful season has now turned tragic very quickly. And, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, they've lost five in a row since that Monday night upset over New England. And Jay Mark in the chat says he wants to rest fields for the entire game or the entire week. Or Sorry, I can't talk right now. Entire rest of the season, except for next week against uh, the Green Bay Packers because he wants to end the Packers season. Ah, that's hilarious. Spoken like, spoken like a true Chicago Bears fan himself. Indeed. Oh, well, hold on now. Rumors are that Saquon wants to be a Bear next year. <laughs> are you just putting it out there, Justin, just, uh, just to uh, start the rumor? Cause... Should we classify that as fake news? Uh, we can, but I mean, you know, here's the thing. What if it starts to come true? Then Justin's <laughs> proclaimed it. Uh, you got inside sources, I guess. Yeah, well, he is the shefty of the Bears, right? Well, don't say that around Kramer, uh, J. Mark. You might get in trouble. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you, we want you in this company, buddy. Uh, all right, so let's turn our attention to the afternoon games uh, where we start with the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank God they were able to win this game against the Seattle Seahawks. 40-34. to 34. Man, points were scored in bunches this week. I'm telling you right now, there were some pretty high-scoring offenses, uh, not the least of which obviously was Las Vegas. Four and seven now. They came in as four-point underdogs, three-and-a-half point, depending on where you found them. Uh, but they end up beating Seattle, sending the Niners into sole possession of first place in the NFC West, 40-34 uh, to 34 in this game. Geno Smith. 328 yards on 27 completions, two touchdowns and interception. But Derek Carr, 295, three touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a pretty good uh, uh, line for Derek Carr. But the day goes to Josh Jacobs. 33 carries, 229 yards. That 86-yarder was a beauty. Two touchdowns. Buddy, you aren't going to lose too many games when your running back can do that. No doubt, and all of a sudden, uh, since Derek Carr got emotional, cried at the press conference, I put too much into this to see that result. They've won two in a row, and two big road wins in Denver, in Seattle. I know you and I were both like, come on, Vegas, uh, for our team's sakes, playoff implications. So, uh, yeah, big, big win for the Raiders. And maybe the Raiders are a team we back going forward down the stretch. I think they were a little – got some bad luck in the first half, losing a lot of close games, so now – Four and seven, and then on deck. I mean, their schedule's a little soft. They get the Chargers and Rams, and then the Patriots. So maybe uh, and Steelers. Maybe they can go on a little run here. Two losses in a row for the Seahawks. Two wins in a row, like you said, 
for the Raiders. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you're not looking too good if you're Seattle. You lost to Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay just lost to Cleveland. You lost to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas had just lost to Indianapolis, Jacksonville, New Orleans. So, yeah, I mean, this this might be panic time for as big as Pete Carroll's smile was, Heading into uh, heading into the the game, you know, a, a while ago, and how it's been the last few weeks, that smile is not necessarily as big anymore. I will tell you, Pete Carroll tears sustain me. I was gonna say, uh, does Pete Carroll not uh, succeeding may put a smile on your face, Rod? Because I, I know you like you've been waiting for the Seahawks to come back to the pack. So looks like it's the Niners' division to be had, and uh, I, I guess uh, for for the Seahawks, glass half full. They play the Rams next week, so that that should be a get-right spot. The Rams are dreadful. We'll touch on them here in a couple games. And then they got Carolina, so maybe a get-right spot, and then uh, they got San Fran in a couple weeks. I would love nothing more than for L.A. to put their best game of the season together against those Seahawks because L.A. is not even in this mix. So uh, that yeah. I would love nothing more for that to happen. So hopefully it does. Uh, Over-under on this one, 47.5. Vegas almost got there by themselves. So obviously that one hit and hit well. That one hit early, so you didn't have to worry if you were an overbetter. You weren't sweating that at all, uh, at all. But yeah, again, you know, going forward, it's just keep an eye on this Vegas team. They're starting to peak a little bit at, at the right time. Seattle, I hate them. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, the the motto in San Francisco is always hashtag beat LA. Right. Well, this time. Uh, we were cheering for the other L.A. team to beat Arizona. And that is the, uh, yeah, there you go. The Chargers taking on the Cardinals, eking out a one-point win on an Austin Eckler last, like, just ditch effort touchdown by Eckler. I got to say, Kyler Murray summed it up best when he talked about his offensive scheme. But here's the thing. Arizona is on a slide, 4-8 and now. Chargers six and five. Chargers came in as two and a half point over uh, favorites. Did not cover that. Obviously, winning by just a point. But um, I don't think either one of these teams are impressing me right now. No. No. And uh, I'm going to fade Arizona going forward. Bad vibes there. Just completely uh, more calling out the coach. Even though I mean, I'm not the biggest Cliff Kingsbury guy, but it, it's Kyler didn't play very well either. And he, he seems to always want to point the finger at anybody but himself uh, in these scenarios where they lay eggs. And, uh, I mean, for, for the Chargers, are, their season's on life support. They almost drop a game where they could not drop. But they get it done, and they're 6-5 and five coming down the stretch, right in the playoff race. Brandon Staley's got to get this team to the playoffs or he won't be back in L.A. Justin Herbert, I mean, I don't – man, there's just something missing. Like, on paper with the Chargers, they look so good. They, they should be like on the level with the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, but they just can't put it together for 60 minutes. Now, and that's the problem, too. And they and they need a better running game, obviously, because Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, four carries, 38 yards, was their leading rusher. Like, that was, the, that was the guy that had the most rushing yards for the Chargers. You got Austin Eckler back there. You know, I, I don't understand no why Herbert is your leading rusher. Yeah, I, I just can't figure out this team, to be honest. It, I They're almost in fade mode for me, but it's another – they are better on the road for some reason. Well, I mean, they, first off, they don't have a home field advantage in L.A., so uh, all their fans are left in San Diego. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a tough team – two tough teams to figure out. Yeah, it really is. And if it were not for the defense, obviously Derwin James getting himself in there – uh, uh, Michael for an interception. Michael Davis getting a sack on uh Kyler Murray. Yeah, I just if it wasn't for their defense, I don't know that they'd be in that game at all either. Too, no doubt. So, um, all right. Well, again, Arizona. Anytime they lose, I'm a happy man. Don't necessarily care. Uh, so I, I was happy there. But uh, we were saying beat L.A. in this next game where it was the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the L.A. Rams. <sighs> I, look, at this point. What are you doing if you're L.A.? Chief, uh, Chiefs are good. Rams suck. That's a <laughs> summary coming out of this one. <laughs> Move on. Uh, but in this, look at So this is where you got probably get frustrated. If you were a 14.5-point uh, uh, better, you were happy. If you were a 16.5-point better, you were not happy as the Chiefs beat the Rams 26-10. to 10. If you lost by the hook, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, uh... 
it depends what number you got. It, I see. I saw a couple 16s right before kickoff, so Vegas was right on this number. The Rams actually played well, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, but they just don't have the manpower with how banged up they are. Perkins did okay. I mean, tried his best, kept a couple drives alive, but they just – this Rams team is in auto fade mode right now. In Kansas City, they just continue to win nine and two. Uh, Tyreek Hill for them. They just uh, Mahomes, that Andy Reid. They just keep on winning, and they're right on pace to be the one seed. They got a big showdown here though this week coming, uh, where they're going to go to uh, play uh, the Bengals. So uh, rematch of the game where their season ended last year. That game's in Cincinnati too. So mark your calendars for that one. Yep. Well, you talked about Bryce Perkins, 13, uh, 13 completions, rather 100 yards, two interceptions, and a touchdown. Leading rusher on that team, too, nine carries, 44 yards. Uh, Van Jefferson, leading receiver, three catches, 29 yards. Just nothing, nothing worth noting on that Rams team. Not very good. <laughs> not very good. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not smart, but even I know that is not very good. Um, intriguing, though, for Isaiah Pacheco. 22 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Um, not bad for him. Would have liked to seen more yardage out of 22 carries, but, you know, you don't really need to if you're on the Chiefs, right? Yeah, no. The Chiefs just continue to roll, figure things out, figure out their roles going forward, and they're only going to get better in December like they do every year. All right, right, right. Uh, Over-under on this one, 41.5. That did not even get there. As low of a number that was, did not hit it. Uh, all right, let's move on to a, a game that didn't even hit anybody's over. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe a first quarter over, uh, but not not a over in the entire game. That's the Niners gritting out a 13 to nothing win against the Saints. <sighs> Say what you will, Ryan, but you got to win some of these ugly ones if you want to still be a good team. Uh, and, and the Niners just won an ugly one. Yeah, and I mean, for the Saints... It, it, they're kind of always like this, where they're just going to be feisty, competitive in a game like this. Uh, the big goal line stand midway through the fourth quarter was pivotal for for the Niners, but uh, defense is playing well right now for San Francisco. Uh, coming off the Monday night game right before that, where uh, they held the Cardinals to 10 points, basically shut them out in the second half. Now they shut out New Orleans, and it's setting up the showcase game on Sunday with uh, McDaniel and Miami coming to town, so... Looking forward to that one. The Niners seem to be in control in the NFC West. Uh, I don't. They're not going to catch Philly. I don't think for the NFC number one seed. But I, I think odds wise, they will be the favorite headed into the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a showdown, and it's going to be hard to keep Miami out of the end zone in the in the second half. I will tell you that right mm -hmm. now, or even off the scoreboard altogether in the second half. So it's just, I'm really anxious to see how they are when they're tested. Because there was times in this game where, you know, New Orleans could have very easily came in and scored, but were it not for some good defensive uh, plays that, that kept them completely off the board, you know, that's what it was. Jimmy Garoppolo, 26 uh, completions, 222 yards, and a touchdown. He throws a touchdown and a win. I'll take it all day long. Um, but how disappointed were you that Chris McCaffrey was not a bigger thing? Uh, you know, New Orleans is weird because they've been good against the run at times this year. And I mean, obviously I expected Christian McCaffrey hold him to a different standard where I think he's going to go for more than 2.9 yards of carry. But uh, I mean, if I'm the Niners, I'm encouraged because you didn't play well and you still got a way to uh, find a way to win a game on a short week coming off the Arizona Monday night game. So if, I, if I'm you, Rod, I'm encouraged uh, with your 49ers. The main thing with the Niners, health. As long as they're healthy, they're right there to win the NFC. Oh, for sure. Well, I think one thing that's encouraging is when you look at the top rusher for the game for the Saints, and that was Andy Dalton. Four carries, 21 yards. <laughs> when that name is not Alvin Kamara, who had seven carries for 13 yards, you know that you've done very well against that Saints team. The Red Rifle. The Red Rifle, buddy. Uh, not necessarily quite as, uh, as rifle-y uh, as he should be. So, again, San Francisco covering that 8.5-point spread uh, if, you're, if you're counting and if you were uh, a spread better on that. Thankfully, they did that. And then the over-under was not even close, so I'm not even going to go there. 44.5 was the over-under. Uh, we got 13 total points in that game. Um, all right. 13 total points. That was what happened in the first quarter uh, of the first two drives for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, yeah. as they just go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Green Bay. This 
game was the best way to end a Sunday I could have ever hoped for. Uh, it was such a back-and-forth affair. Even when it looked like the Eagles were going to run away with this one, uh, they certainly did not. But they did end up covering the spread, which was 6.5. Uh, if you got it at 7, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for yeah. you. Uh, but even still, uh, if you got it at 6.5, you were lucky because um, you know you, you got the Eagles to cover that. So, But again, uh, like you see on the screen, Eagles 40, Packers 33. We see Josh Love now, or Jordan Love, rather. Josh Love. Uh, and, and, I mean, here's the thing. What does this mean? We already know what it means for the Eagles. They're, they're going to continue to be good. Um, freaking Jalen Hurts, man, played out of his mind. 157 rushing yards, the most for an Eagles quarterback. Beating Vic, beating Randall Cunningham. Like, doesn't even matter at this point. Uh, probably one of the better performances in, in quarterback history, too, as we saw in the graphics. So, Hurts is good, right? Yeah, Hertz uh, was awesome throughout this game. This was a shootout. Uh, on the other side, this kind of felt like the last stand in, uh, for Green Bay, especially with Darren Rodgers going down. I mean, he entered the game with a fractured thumb. His oblique was bad. He, he tried. He did everything he could to battle it out. He just didn't have it. Um, and I know uh, Jay Mark is smiling because I say this is probably the end of the Packers. I guess the Packers mathematically are still in it. They play Chicago on Sunday. Uh, where I know J. Mark will have that as his underdog pick of the week. The Packers got to win out, so it's it's they they use their final loss. They can win the last five to get to nine and eight. Schedule is soft, but they're just not playing good football. No, and they have no more mulligans. I mean, like well, no. I I know that there's going to be a lot of people now, and I haven't seen any news because I I was doing all kinds of different stuff today. I wasn't looking at Packers news, uh, but I, I don't know whether or not the. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a thing anymore. I don't know if they don't just kind of let him rest it out or or maybe they let him gut it out for the rest of the season and this is it for him. I mean, I don't know at this point. You know, we talk about it with Brady. You get to a certain age, you don't want to take all the bumps and bruises anymore because no you don't doubt. have to, right? Yeah, no we, doubt. And, I mean, I, they got Chicago next and they got the Rams and Vikings and Dolphins or Vikings and Lions both at home. So, on paper, it is favorable. Uh, they got to go to Miami, though. Uh, but, I mean, I uh, we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to complete the season uh, with how many how banged up he is, just the way the direction that they're going. So it might be the Jordan Love show going forward. But if Rodgers can play, he probably will. Because, this I mean, he has a history of battling through injuries. He's not soft, that's for sure. Now, no, he'll probably play if he's if he's at least good enough to go. Uh, big story here, though, for the the Packers, other than Aaron Rodgers' injury, is Christian Watson. Four catches, 110 yards, looked fantastic. Had that touchdown. Um, I mean, he's he's already been on the radar, but now on national television again, I think he's even more on the radar. No doubt, no doubt, and he he's getting better. So, I mean, that is uh, if you're a Packers, you want to uh, back to pack, as J. Mark would say. Uh, that is what's encouraging for the Packers going forward is the development of Christian Watson throughout this year. Yep, and again, I mean, he's going to be a talent for a long, long time. You get him on the same page with Jordan Love uh, early. I mean, these two young kids, that's going to be the future of your Packers for a very long time. So, Indeed. All right, so we talked about it. Green Bay now 4-8, and eight. Philadelphia now 10-1, and one, really in firm control of their playoff destiny, if not Super Bowl run. Um, so we'll do that. Uh, all right. We got no second break, uh, Ryan, so we could just move straight into the week 14 look aheads. Oh man, this is, uh, again, our favorite time of the, of the week, because then we get to give you some good, good bargains. And of course, where are we getting these from? Well, we're getting these from oddstrader.com, our good friends over there. They post all of the lines for you as look aheads. Um, Ryan, how did we do though on our look aheads for week 13? Uh, very well. And I will lead it off, uh, with a good one right here, Baltimore. Uh, we gave out over Denver as a one point favorite. Uh, they're eight and a half. So over seven points Ooh. of value there. So good start for us there. We gave out the Dallas Cowboys two and a half point favorites. They're now nine and a half against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night. We gave out the Falcons plus two and a half or up to uh, one and a half. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off the short week. Uh, we gave out my team, Washington. They were a dog, a one-point dog going to New York. Now they're two and a half point favorites. And uh, in the showdown game, we gave out the Chiefs in a pick 'em. 
we said, hey, the Chiefs said pick them. You got to pounce on that right away. You'll never get them as a pick them again. And they're two and a half point favorites going to uh, Cincinnati to in a rematch of the AFC Championship. And then in the final game, we gave out the Seattle Seahawks as ten and a half point underdogs. This is our biggest value of the year, Rod. They're now an eight point favorite, eighteen and a half points of value, almost three touchdowns against the. L.A. Rams who can't beat or score against anybody. Holy cow! That it flipped that much. Yeah. No, I mean we thought that line was crazy. That was a look ahead line. So hope you pounce on that value. And if you wanted to middle this, I mean you could take uh, Seattle plus ten and a half, then the Rams plus eight. I mean you could if you got eighteen points there to hit on both sides. Wow, that was fantastic. I love it. See, this yeah. is why I love these look-aheads, man. It's just, mm-hmm. maybe this best the, the best-kept secret in the industry. So those of you who are listening to this show, no one else is giving this out. So you're getting these values right now. And you know maybe you want to keep it a secret, but I think you should tell your friends uh, also because they can win some money as well. Because uh, not too many people pounce on these lines. So it's not like it's going to shift the lines too much for you uh, to, to get in on those as well. So, uh, no all right. Well, Ryan, I will offer it up to you for the first look ahead uh, that that uh, is out there for you. Uh, I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football, and this is an easy one for me because I just said it. If Kansas City's ever a pick, unless they're playing Buffalo, I guess, pounce on them. They are currently a pick them with the Denver Broncos. I know the game's a mile high, but I don't give a shit. I'm taking Kansas City in the pick them. They'll be at least a touchdown favorite going into that game. Against Denver, a pick them against Denver this early. All they got to do is score nineteen points and they win. (laughs) (laughs) And then yeah, and then you cover the spread because the spread is that. Oh, that's incredible! I don't understand that. That oh well. I mean, again, this is this is why we do this. I I I like that Kansas City to pick them. Uh, All right, I'm going to turn my attention over to Minnesota right now. They are currently two or three point favorites against Detroit. Uh, and that is, uh, that's a Sunday afternoon game. I know it's in Detroit, and I know the Lions are coming off of a pretty emotionally charged game that they had, but I think Minnesota can can put them away by at least more than two points, and I think the, the Lions are going to shift before uh, this is all said and done to maybe even six, uh, maybe five and a half. It's not going to be like a, a gigantic uh, uh, swing for you, but I think that it's going to give you enough value to where this will this will cash a little bit easier. So I like Minnesota minus two. Go ahead and, and jump on that one early. Yeah, I like that one as well. I'm going to go to Big D uh, for mine. And I know this is actually a big number to start with, but not big enough. Uh, Dallas is eight-point favorites against Houston. That's not big enough. Uh, I think that thing will be kind of like Miami this week, go 14, 15 points by the time that kicks off. So I think you'll get a touchdown of value. So hop on the Cowboys right now, minus eight against Houston Texans. So we just saw Philly come off of a rather large spread uh, in this week's game. Well, they are only two-point favorites now heading into the game against the Giants in Week 14. I say that does not stand. I say you jump on this Philly minus two now because it should be opened up to at least seven, if not eight points by the time. I, I get it. I know that this is a Giants team that is not bad, but... We just talked about it. They're looking suspect. They may not even win this next game. And if they don't win this next game, it for sure will not stay at minus two uh, as as we enter week 14. So Philly minus two is another one to jump on. Yep, I like that one as well. And for my final one, I will go to, oh, my team uh, that I seem to give out every week in the look-ahead value. Seattle, only one-point favorites against Carolina in the 12th man. Hop on that right now. That'll be close to a touchdown by next week. And and let me just throw in a bonus. I don't know if it was my turn again. I I don't remember the. I don't. We just toss out so many. Yeah, we always we always do a six pack. I take three, and then you take three. Okay, good. uh, This is our final leg of six pack. So take it away, Rod. Perfect. Then let me give you my team. They are one point underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 14. What at home? You're you're telling me? I mean, it's a pick 'em in other places, but uh, you know, if you can get it at a pick 'em too, I'd take San Francisco in a pick 'em over Tampa Bay any day of the week, and definitely as plus-one underdogs uh, for at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, again, Tom Brady's done, and, and I don't know. I mean, this is this is understudy taking on the master, right? Jimmy Garoppolo oh, no. taking on yeah. his old, his old uh, teacher there in Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, I mean, the student will become the teacher, and, and I think San Francisco will beat Tampa Bay, obviously, and 
Doesn't matter if it's a pick em or a plus one underdog. Just give me San Francisco. I'm with you. So that's six six games of value there. Nice six-pack to start your week. So hop on those right now, everybody. Again, if you've been doing it all season long, I, I, I really want you to reach out to us and let us know how it's been going. Uh, do it on Twitter over there at the NFL Gambling Pod, at SGPN NFL uh, because I just I want to know I want to know how those look aheads have been doing for you and if you've been cashing those uh, because like I said we've been giving out some some pretty good ones over the course of the season so uh, all right Justin let's put a bow we have one game Justin Ryan Jesus I'm reading Justin <laughs> seeing Ryan Ryan will put a bow on it as Monday Night Football starts to kick off here in a second uh, but uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, everybody watching on YouTube right now can see both Rod and I's uh, Twitter handles at Moneyline underscore Mac uh, in the Discord as well. Hit me up ever if you uh, got got any props, uh, want to talk anything out, uh, just anything. I mean, I'm over at the College Basketball Experience every single night around midnight, so tune into that. We like giving out winners over there as well. And, uh, yeah, I'll be on the NFL Gambling Podcast as well on Wednesdays with Jay Mark and then every now and then on the PropCast with my man Moon off. Indeed. All right. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, you can find it all there on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the look back and the look ahead. We'll see you back here again next Monday. I, at least I will. Ryan will see you all over the place. Uh, yeah. So, all right, everybody. Until next time, enjoy football, enjoy Monday night, and let it ride.